lover's card is a card of human contact. It is a card of our primal desire to connect with another human being. Up until now, all the other tarot cards that we have journeyed through have been an internal experience dealing with our psychology, with our spirituality, and with our identity, and integrating and assimilating into the society that we find ourselves in. It's been a lot of work because we've come through many stages of development up to now. But at the lovers, at the lovers, we get to rest and we rest in love. We rest in our ability to connect to another human being. And you know that feeling of, hey, we're in this together. This is about us, not about you or me. It's about us. It's about our connection. And listen, this is a skin-to-skin human connection. This isn't a connection that you make to, you know, online pseudo-friends. This isn't a connection where you put on an algorithm-driven filter and alter your appearance in order to attract. This is the person you encounter that spins your head, turns you around. It's that glance across the room where you lock eyes and you instantly feel that spark. So this is that. In the lovers, that's what we talk about. And we're going to really get deep into this card. And I really invite you to stay to the end to listen to our entire discussion where Desiree and I discuss this card in depth because you're going to get a lot out of it. The lovers is also, you know, a card that it resonates to the number six. At the number six, you have arrived at a place where you're about to receive something or someone is coming into your life to bring you an experience, to bring you a resource, to help you in some way. It's a benefit that you are going to receive and, and, a, and a, it's a benevolence, not so much a benefit. It's a benevolence that you're about to receive through another person. And yes, there is a love connection. There is a, a sexual spark. There is all of that, a deep friendship tie. But it's not necessarily a marriage. This is the courtship phase. So let's get into it. Let's go there. This is Tarot Stories with Marilia and Desiree presenting the sixth card of the major arcana, The Lovers. As we leave Pride Month behind, here is your reminder that love is for everyone. And who better to remind us than the ancient Greek poetess, Sappho. Here is a fragment titled, Glittering-Minded, Deathless Aphrodite. Glittering-Minded, Deathless Aphrodite. I beg you, Zeus's daughter, weaver of snares, Don't shatter my heart with fierce pain, goddess, but come now, if ever before you heard my voice far off and listened, and left your father's golden house and came yoking your chariot, lovely the swift sparrows that brought you over black earth, a whirring of wings through midair down the sky. They came, and you, sacred one, smiling and deathless face, asking, what now while I suffer? Why now? I cry out to you again. 
What now I desire above all my mad heart? Whom now shall I persuade to admit you again to her love, Sappho? Who wrongs you now? Come to me here from Crete, come to me here from Crete, to this holy temple where your lovely apple grove stands, and your altars that flicker with incense. And below the apple branches, cold, clear water sounds, everything shadowed by roses and sleep that falls from bright shaking leaves. And a pasture for horses blossoms with the flowers of spring, and breezes are flowering like honey. Come to me here. Here Cyprian, delicately taking nectar in golden cups, mixed with a festive joy and pour. The stars around the beautiful moon, the stars around the beautiful moon, hiding their glittering forms whenever she shines full on earth. Lover's card shows a young man with closed eyes and arms crossed over his heart. Above him, the trickster god of love readies his arrow as if waiting for the man below to utter his wish. Two women flank the man. One is crowned. She's regal and proper. Her skirt flows down to the ground, covering her ankles and feet, while the other maid seems her complete opposite. On the worth tarot, the regal woman has golden locks, and the maid of humble means is brunette. Her skirt is immodest, and her crown is made of wildflowers instead of gleaming gold. It is the moment we are all secretly wishing for without understanding the sacrifice it requires. Love. To find it is easy, but to hold it is a different thing entirely. In history class, we are taught that romantic love is something modern, a phenomenon manifested during the age of courtly love in the palaces of kings and queens and what is now France. But to read the ancient Sumerian poems carved out in 5,000-year-old clay tablets is to know differently. To read 3,000-year-old papyrus fragments riddled with the erotic passion of Sappho is to realize that the veil of Puritanism still lingers over our modern hearts and confines us to rigid gender norms. We are told that love is boundless and unconditional, but this is not always what is experienced. We are told to live is to love, but heartbreak feels like a death sentence. Love lifts you up, love gives you wings, love will last forever, until it does none of those things. So what is happening to the man in the sixth card of the Major Arcana? Well, he's about to make a wish, and the god hovering above him is going to let him have it. But as the saying goes, one should be careful what they wish for. Love is not all sunshine, roses, and chocolate candies. It forces you to make a choice, and it takes great sacrifice to truly participate in love. And what we sacrifice is our ego. In order to give and receive love, you must become vulnerable, and to be vulnerable can be very painful. Without a deep connection to self, it is easy to get lost and compromise too much. It is easy to make the wrong choice. There is a river in Ireland named for a lonely goddess. The River Boyne runs near a remarkable Neolithic structure, a passage tomb 279 feet in diameter and 13 meters high. The entrance is adorned with striking swirls and waves, and a window is perfectly aligned to produce something magical. 
If you're lucky enough to visit Ireland in December, you can enter a lottery to be selected to enter the chamber of Newgrange on the morning of the winter solstice. You will see the great goddess Boan unite with the Darda. As the light passes through the opening, it lights up the burial chamber on the longest night of the year. This is not just a moment for the two lovers, but it is a promise to all that the sun will be born again in the springtime. In Irish myth, the goddess Bowen is married to a king who does not see her who she is. He is too concerned with his own problems to care about her needs. In her sadness, she is approached by the Dagda, who is playing his harp to usher in the changing seasons. Even though Bowen is wandering the earth with a cloak of invisibility, the Dagda sees her and instantly falls in love. He stops the Earth's orbit for a year so they can be together while her husband is away. At the end of the year, Bowen has given birth to Angus Og, the god of love. And this is a recurring theme. The god and the goddess must see each other to share the kind of intimacy which can produce love. In Hindu myth, the god who shoots you with arrows of desire is Kamadeva, and his intended victim is the grieving Lord Shiva. If you recall the triumvirate of Hindu supreme deities, Brahma is the creator, Vishnu the preserver, and Lord Shiva is the destroyer. Shiva is also the supreme deity of yogis because he has an unparalleled ability to place himself into meditative trance. When we meet him in the story, his heart has been broken when his consort Sati burns her mortal body in a sacrificial act to restore Shiva's honor. In his grief, he carries her throughout the continent of India, pieces of her falling to the ground, becoming holy sites where temples are erected in her honor. The sacrifice of her mortal body is a gift to mankind, allowing new life to flourish. Except all of this is too much for Shiva. So he returns to where he was when she first woke him in that deep, recessive cave of meditation, covering his third eye and the source of his destructive powers. Just as Sati had given up her body, Shiva wanted to transcend. But without Shiva's destructive force, Brahma could not create. There was literally no room for his work. It was understandable that Shiva would want to escape the pain of lost love and that he would fear becoming vulnerable again. But his meditative state had much more serious consequences. Like unmoving water, all became stagnant, putrid, and unproductive. Even if life were possible, it would be unsustainable. In the midst of this fruitlessness and stagnation in the heart of the Himalayan mountains, a woman named Parvati was born. Parvati's father was also a king, but unlike Sati's father, Parvati's father was devoted to Shiva. Just as Shiva transcended into his meditative existence, she was growing mature and beautiful. She came to know of Shiva and immediately felt drawn to him, as if a thread ran from her heart and was strung to his. The stories of him stirred a fierce connection. 
She knew she could not be satisfied until she could be united with him. She began to court Shiva. She would lay flowers at his feet, sing praises of him, and flirt until her eyelids could no longer flutter. But all of this was lost to Shiva. For Parvati, Shiva's presence was magnetic and irresistible. But he didn't even know she existed. Parvati was not about to give up. Even if she wanted to, she couldn't. Instead, she called upon the god of desire and passion, Kama. If anyone could make Shiva feel earthly desires, surely it was Kama. Kama was more than happy to help. He readied his bow and drew back potent arrow, releasing it straight into Shiva's cold heart. In a rage, Shiva removed the covering from his third eye and in an instant totally obliterated Kama and all chance of kindling any passion in Shiva's heart, or anyone's for that matter. Parvati felt completely defeated and now she mourned for love, feeling as though it would be lost forever. What she didn't know is that this was not her first rodeo. She had been here before. She was Shakti, the goddess who had been born into Sati's mortal body many years before. The body her grieving husband carried for so long after she had left it. Now she could remember when Brahman begged her to come back once again to awaken her love. She felt foolish for ever thinking that she could stir him with sensual pleasures now that she understood her true nature and her strength. She was a goddess, and not just any goddess, but the goddess. And her powers made the earth spin around the sun, and the moon spin around the earth, and the stars burn bright. She laughed to think of how desperate she had been before, and how silly it was to throw herself at him, only to be ignored. Of course he couldn't see her. She couldn't see herself. Shakti knew herself now, and she sat still with this feeling of knowing. She sat, and she sat, and she sat. And the longer she sat, the more comfortable she seemed to be. But she did not want to be comfortable. She needed to test herself, and she learned everything she could. She put herself through many painful trials and learned how to control her mind, body, and breath. She stood on one leg with her foot on hot coals for a thousand years, and then she stood on the other foot with ice beneath for another thousand years. She went without all comforts and even without food. The more she could endure, the stronger her powers grew. The heat bubbling up inside her awakening pockets of light, which buzzed through her body, through to the soil of the earth. So strong was her presence that it began to stir all of life, even the destroyer of life himself. Shiva was shook. He couldn't stop the intense vibrations from reaching him, penetrating his mind and flowing all throughout his body. Not only was he awake, but a familiar feeling began to settle deep within his heart. He was overcome by her presence, for standing before him was his savior. Just as she had saved the world once through death, she saved Shiva through life. It was nothing that she did for him that made him an active participant in the world. 
It was what she did for herself, to know herself. Their marriage was celebrated by the whole world. All rejoiced to see order and balance restored. Shiva, stirred by Shakti, meant that life could resume course and creation could take place once again. Shiva was now defenseless against the love he felt for Shakti. So it is no surprise that the first product of their love was the reincarnation of Kama. Before we start the conversation portion of this episode, we will be mentioning um, a few images on different versions of the tarot cards that we had out while we were filming this episode. If you're interested in seeing those, you can head over to Instagram, Tarot Stories Podcast, and check out the post for the lovers. You can also always go to YouTube to watch the video. Right. All right. Those were Shiva great stories. Mm-hmm. And what was her name in this incarnation? Parvati. 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 So today's card that we're going to dive into is the number oh, wow. six, Arcana, Major Trump, which is the Lovers. And mm-hmm. we have a series of different versions of the Lovers cards here. But the Lovers, I'm sure everyone is familiar with it, is where Cupid is kind of floating between two figures and pointing his arrow. And that is the typical and traditional um, image that we hold, which is love struck. We're love struck. And these stories were really good because I'm going to go and break down the symbology of the numerology and the zodiac connection and the element connection to the card. So first of all, it's the number six. The number six vibrates two really good things. It's a time of receiving. Be ready. So the message, the first message is, hey, be ready to receive. Be ready to receive something specifically meant for you and on the physical level. So one of the differences between this card and all of the other cards leading up to the lovers is that all the other cards had sort of a spiritual element. It was otherworldly. It was very heavy and philosophical and very, you know, involving um, a lot of shadow work, a lot of self-inventory. This card is about, hey, it's about connection. You want to connect because you just got that spark. You are going to meet someone. There is someone who is going to uh, arrive in your life and you're going to have a spark. And that spark is exactly what you what you think it is. It's a physical attraction. And that involves, yes, the thoughts of, of sex, that excitement. Now, that doesn't mean that this card is you're going to be somebody and you're going to want to jump into bed with them. That's not what at all what this card is. But that attraction, sex is part of the attraction. Um, it's in the back of your mind, even if you don't want to admit it. It's there. It's a natural biological reaction. And in this card, it is a primordial Mm -hmm. actual desire 
to connect with someone on the physical plane. So it is a physical card. It is a human being. It is not an algorithm that you're going to connect with uh, online to somebody because they have uh, all of these, uh, you know, filters. It's actually a human being with skin on them. So, so it's, you're you're saying it's like much more in the flesh and much more of a physical. It's, absolutely. So right, because that is the initial thing is that there has to be this initial physical. Um, well, not has to be, but there usually is a physical attraction. And you can almost um, like think of like a, a flower and a bee. The flower has to attract the bee to it in order for it to be pollinated, to be pollinated. or pollinate. Right. And so. And that's sort of kind of what's going on here. Right. But the reason that I bring in. Um, and that's comma in our in our story. It's comma or Cupid or Eros or whoever the trickster god is. That's him right now who's saying, okay, well, you're going to, I'm going to hit you with the lust arrow. But Desiree brought up a really good point. In all of the cards, uh, they, you see something different. Um, you see three people in most of them. Yeah, some of these are not including that third person. And I think it's because it's probably confusing to a lot of people. It was confusing to me too. And it's so left out of some. these cards here, it's in others. Uh, these cards here have the third person. So this is the Marseille's deck. And this is the Wisdom Seekers Tarot card, this one. And these do have the third person because the sixth card implies what we began with in the very beginning of this series of going and traveling through the tarot, it's a choice. A decision has to be made. And so here, the lover has to choose between the other two. And so it implies, first of all, that you need to know what it is that you're looking for before you make a choice. Because if you make a choice based simply on the image, you might be disappointed. Because after the lust wears off, and the initial attraction, it's like a seed that you plant. Now you got to get down into the dirt of things so that that seed can start growing mm -hmm. and find all of the other things of substance that can nurture that growth. This card in our modern times is very important because right now we have an epidemic of loneliness. There's a lot of people that are actually very lonely because they are missing connection. We have an epidemic of depression. And what is depression? Depression is the feeling of being disconnected. This card is all about connection. Mm -hmm. And in your story, mm -hmm. Shiva mm -hmm. had his veil closing his eye. Right. He, and, yeah, like he had his third eye covered, which is he had no beams, he had, like eye beam that like. Right. He had it. no <laughs> uh, even concept of connecting to anyone didn't want to he didn't want to i mean and the, uh, how similar is that to uh humans right now you know a lot of us had experienced loss because after the pandemic many of us um you know experienced loss and when you're in isolation and isolation so experiencing something like that makes us say well i just don't want to you know We've all done that. I'm never going to have a pet again after your pet dies, you know, where. But the reason that the depression sets in and the that. feelings of disconnection sets in is because connection to other human beings is primal in us humans. Mm -hmm. We are creatures that are social and require connection. 
And in this day and age, and specifically now, and I'm going to get astrological, with Pluto moving into Aquarius, with everybody was, yay, the age of Aquarius. So let me just tell you something about Aquarius, okay? Aquarius is very insectoid. What do I mean by that? Have you ever watched um, uh, an, an ant mound or a beehive or a, a termite uh, nest? These have, there's no individualization. There's no choice. Everybody is assigned a specific role, a specific like duty, like a school of fish and, and, and everybody works for the common good. Think about that. Right now, we have this, we're um, right on the cutting edge. Do you remember when the internet came on? Do you remember life before the internet? Oh, I do. Right now, we're on the verge of something very similar happening because AI just poked through. So AI is at the very primitive stages of development, like the internet was when we used to have to have a modem to connect to and go online. AI is there now. So in just about, and everything kind of um, speeds up exponentially. Mm -hmm. I think I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. So what took maybe almost three decades to get from the onset of the internet to here is going to take much less, maybe a decade and a half to get to who knows where with AI. And here's where the lover's card connects to that. AI is going to, maybe not intentionally, but it's going to further disconnect people because they're going to be connected to an artificial image online in virtual reality somewhere they have to understand is an algorithm. It is computer code written specifically to attract and hold your attention and engage you with them and disconnect you from engagement with other humans. And the lovers is a vital card for us now to remember that. But that's important. That human and connection. where in your story is that show? There's a lot of body in this story. So the story starts off and uh, she, in her previous form as Sati, she is, she emulates herself, emulate, I'm sorry, emulates herself uh, because according to the story, her husband is dishonored at her father's, like this um, ceremony they're going to have, this, this ritual they're going to have. And so, you know, of course people are like, whoa, that's, you know, reminds people of the, of what happens still, unfortunately in India where some women will. Uh, burn themselves if their husband dies. But that's not, <laughs> that's not at all the interpretation that I got from this story and that I think is really meant to come from this story. I think that it's actually a story of sacrifice. So again, we have this God who is um, Shiva, who's the destroyer. Well, his perfect soulmate is kind of, she's the goddess of death in a way. You know, one thing that human beings, we don't like to talk about in America, especially is death. And, but we just have to realize how important that is for life to continue. So in this story, her body is sacrificed. Her mortal body is sacrificed, but reincarnation is going to occur. It has happened. Um, we talked about this in the magician with uh, Rama. The story of Rama is actually Vishnu's reincarnation into human form so gods are expected to come into human forms all the time for various reasons and once again 
you know, the thing is about Shiva is he just can't be without Shakti. The minute that she is gone, Brahma begs her to come back. We need you. I need you. So Shakti is supposed to be this force that we all that we all experience. And it's this force of a desire to connect and a desire to connect, which is the beginning of creation. So again, you have to have some lust in the beginning, right? That has to, there has to be something that attracts you to that flower, right? Skin to skin contact. This isn't mind to mind contact. No. This isn't two people sitting down reminiscing about old times. No. These are two people in a passionate embrace and all of that that means. It means lust. It means desire. It means sex. It means passion. But it also means love. And yes, it also means friendship because the embrace ends, the lust wears off, and then what do you have? And so in this card of the lovers, it's about connection. You have a connection. And where where we talk about that it's a sacrifice, well, the next level up is after the initial spark, you have met, you have become involved with one another. Maybe you started off casual, maybe you had a, you know, a coffee date, a meetup, and you want to take this further. And now you're here in the middle of a relationship. You are, uh, have become physical with each other. You have both um, agreed that you want to take this a step further. You have consummated your relationship by having, uh, sharing intimacy with one another. And then what? Well, that's where the hard work and the sacrifice comes in, Mm -hmm. because that's the point where you realize both of you individually need to know yourselves and you have to figure out what is it that you want. Do you really want a commitment and to take this to the next level? Now, the lovers is not necessarily a card of marriage. It isn't. It's a card of courtship. It's a card of meeting. It's a card of engaging and connecting. But it's not necessarily the card where you got married. Right. You don't get married in this card. You experience the courtship. The Honestly, it's almost more of a, like, it, to me, it almost more focuses on this person and like, hey, something's coming. Please know yourself or else this could go wrong. Socrates, the Athenian philosopher, mm-hmm. he warned and cautioned. He said, man, know thyself. Why do you need to know yourself? Because something is coming for you in this card. It tells you something is coming. Are you ready for it? And if you're not ready for it, it's going to be a mess. So if you're ready for it, and by ready for it is know what you want. You have reached a point in your life, whether you want to admit it to yourself or not, that you are ready to connect with someone. You're ready. Not, Not like you did in the high priestess where you became aware of other people and that you need somebody else and you need to work together and it's important to collaborate so you can get to the next level. This is, you need to connect to someone. You want a partner in life. From, you know, the fool and going through all of the major arcana that we have so far, you know, it has a lot to do with the knowing yourself part has a lot to do with the sacrifice that happens later on of the ego, because it is hard to sac. Ego is something that we have as a, um, as a safeguard. In a way, it protects us in a way. Our ego does, right? It, it puts us out there in the world. It's like that emperor card. It's really... You, it is. Would you, would you it absolutely it's like the emperor. Is. So it's the knowing thyself is saying, get behind that ego. Find out, go deeper. 
You need to go deeper past that ego, figure out what really you want. Because we all, that's why we have sun signs in astrology. We, and uh, what is it? And um, the sun sign is your ego. It represents what it is that you, in essence, but really that can be a shield. That's not need. necessarily and, who and you yes, are. It, it, no, it's it's one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's it's everyone has an ego. It's your um, kind of like a safety mechanism. Like in this that, card, like that. yeah, you can't ego come to has to hopefully by now been put in check. Mm -hmm. You've gone through all of those, you know, coming yeah. of ages in the fifth card right before this one. That that's really where you could should have done a lot of this work and mentoring, preparing yourself for that next level. That's why. Some of the more positive traditions of humanity help people prepare for the different stages of life. So that's why, in let's say the Jewish tradition, there is at 13, they have bat mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs because at 13, it's not like a coming out party, sweet 16, like they do in the South or maybe like they do in Spanish cultures, the quinceanera, you're out because what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you real quick to the six. <laughs> All right, let's put you on display. Let's find you a boyfriend. <laughs> let's get you married off. In the other traditions, what they do at 13 is that they start getting you prepared mentally to start thinking about you're going to be 16. You're going to be 17. You're going to meet someone. You're going to be attracted. How have you worked on yourself and how well do you know yourself? What have you chosen to be a direction in your life so that you know that when you meet somebody, is this the right person that's going to walk along that direction with me? Because we we know we are going to have to sacrifice something. But if yeah. we don't realize what it is we need to hold on to, we, too, we can sacrifice too much. Yes. And then we lose ourselves completely. Yes. So there's there's two ways this can go. And I, that's, again, this is why I think it's so interesting. And again, you talk a lot of the middle pillar and I mean, this screams middle pillar. There's two forces, you know, the lust and then the practicality of a partnership, an actual partnership that is lasting. And somehow when you, you have the only way you're going to be ready for that is if you have put your ego in check. So for the story, I would relate that to Shiva has gotten rid of his ego when he's in his meditative state. He's trying to transcend. He's just trying to check out completely. He wants to. And we but let's talk about that mm -hmm. because that seems to be a problem with the disconnection. That's that's what we all major disconnection. Yeah, we disconnect. We mm -hmm. want to check out. Mm -hmm. I want to go online. I just want to watch, you know, my online world and interact with those yeah. online algorithms and those skinless entities out there. Mm -hmm. This card is about skin, folks. It's skin to skin. You have all the elements. You have the elements of swords, which is sharing sorrows, sharing troubles. You have yeah. the elements of, of, of earth, sharing resources, That's sharing true. money, sharing food. You have the elements of water, sharing emotions, sharing love, sharing affection. And you have the uh, elements of air, is sharing ideas and yeah, discussing, you, your, you know, all of that is here. And then you yeah. have the element of spirit. And that spirit is the thing that is primal in you, mm -hmm. the thing that brought you together and gave you a spark. It's like spirit giving you a nod and saying, hey, look, pay attention, look, look, mm -hmm. look over here. And that's and so Shakti, here she comes. She's in uh, Pravati is her is her current form. She 
tries all the flirting. She gives him all the things she thinks he's going to love. Virgo perfection. She's like, Virgo man. seeking perfection. And then when the work. that doesn't work, she's like, I'm going to get comma over here. He's going to hit him with an arrow. It's all going to be perfect. Yeah. But pissed for off Shiva, Virgo, they can get, you know, everybody says, oh, they're so sweet. And they're so, yeah, don't piss them off. But Shiva actually is not satisfied with the lust here. This doesn't work for him. This doesn't work for him. He needs something else. There's He needs way more than that. And well, she can't figure it out. She doesn't want to give up. But she's like, hey, man, I've tried everything at this point. I guess I'm just going to sit here. And that sitting in the yogi world is meditation. And that meditation eventually forces you, forces you to look deep inside yourself. And when you're forced to look deep inside yourself, you do realize that there are things that are really important to you that you And in don't the Christian world, that is that verse that says, let go and let God, or be still and know. Be yes, still and know. Yeah. So it's the be giving still. up. It's the element of spirit. It's the give, not giving up on the matter, but giving. You've done all you can do. You've done everything you know how to do. Now you have to give it up and let it let the energies that brought that spark to you in the first place, let it do its work. And it's also really awesome that she um, remembers her connection to the divine because even though this is a Very goddess we're important. talking about, this is her immortal form. And what we need to all realize is we all have a connection to that divine spirit that we formed way back in the high priestess and to the mother to the mother goddess the empress and so we always have to remember women and men alike that we have this connection to the divine the divine shattered in the kabbalah remember the divine shattered right. and it shattered into these multi billions of pieces we talked about that in the great goddess and the sparks all flew out mm -hmm. and they filtered into individualized experiences so the divine is experiencing itself through us. And so we, I really do believe that there is a spark of the divine. It's an invisible thread that kind of connects us back to the divine and to each other. Because when, remember, I think we discussed this, I forget in which card, it might have been in the high priestess, but when I look at you and I'm angry at you, I need to remind myself that I'm looking at a spark of the divine. However, it should have been interpreted back when Jesus was in charge of Christianity and not the Romans. <laughs> it should have maybe been that way. But what it ended up doing was this real hatred for the bodily self and for anything physical because or lusty. Was, because or it, if so bad, anything bad, let's like bring that. it back to the lovers because yeah. there was a disconnection. Yeah. I disagree with that. Yeah. This card is all about connection. And it's telling him, connect with the earth. So I think that's interesting because it's not just about a connection between two human beings, although that's 100% has to be there. But it is this, this connection with earthly life in general, with earth. So when we take away, when we look at what the Christian church, and I'm going to differentiate because I do really believe that, yes, you know, Christ, when he, when Jesus was in charge of his 
religion, I think he did it a lot better than what he happened. He did a great job. It was, he was all him. about connection. He was all about empowering but people. But again, when you uproot someone from their ecosystem, the Romans took this but kind that's of... politics. That's not religion. Well, that's what I'm saying. They take it away and then it doesn't make sense all of a sudden, right? Because it's lost its connection to what is actually But that's physical. the core of this card. This yeah. card, the simple message so. from this card is do not allow yourself to, to become disconnected yeah. from the earth and from the humans on the earth. Right. From your family, from your friends, from your significant other, from your partner in life. Because life is meant to be shared right. and to be connected, to, to stay connected with others. So that's what this card really, really uh, focuses on. Now, I'm going to turn it around. Are you ready for me to ask you, or mm -hmm. do you want something else to, to, I, to, think, to I say? I think we covered up. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say. Thing. If I came to you and I was doing a reading, you were doing mm -hmm. a reading for me, and now this card came out for me Love at it. my age, mm -hmm. what would you say to me? You're going to meet a man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, <laughs> say no. it and let it be. Yeah, that it's, it's, you know, saying that I really think that it's, yeah, that there's someone who is going to come into your life and be a force of connection for intimacy. Let's talk about intimacy because mm -hmm. in this card, which I love, this is the tattoo cards, the, the tarot tattoo, I love this. Card. What is it called? I know, that one's great. It's called uh, the Bone, the Bone Fire Tarot. Mm -hmm. This Bone Fire Tarot, I love the artwork on here. It's very sensual. It's mm -hmm. very earthy. It's very skin-to-skin, -skin, very raw, emotional, very, very much about that kind of connection. So let's talk about intimacy because intimacy is always associated with sex. Yeah, I'm gonna be intimate with you. I'm gonna yeah, take off yeah. all my clothes and we're gonna, you know, rub our bodies together and <laughs> we're gonna be intimate. But intimacy is not necessarily <laughs> intimacy. It is being vulnerable. It's undressing. It's so sharing I your have, thoughts. Um, yes, undressing your thoughts. Undressing your fears and presenting them and sharing them with another. This makes me think of Odysseus. In one of our episodes, we must have talked of Odysseus and his time with my favorite, which is Circe the witch. And um, one of the things that happens in that story is that they have this little thing that happens. Hermes tells him, look, when you get there, you need to make sure that you like um, do everything she tells you to do because she's a witch and she'll kill you. Like, you better just yeah, do what I she tells that you was, to do. I think that was, gosh, what was that? Was that the magician? It, I can't remember if we used it in a story if I was just talking about her or not. But essentially, what he's saying is that you're not going to be able to defeat this witch. You have to just be vulnerable you have to give in and the whole time that he is with Cersei the witch he tells her all about Penelope and all about his child and that's intimacy and you know all of these trials and a lot of people have said it that Odysseus and all these trials he goes through is almost like We're debriefing him from like all of that war and Troy stuff and so that he can return to his wife his lover Penelope and before he does that he has to like pretend to be married to basically two women and learn from them how to be a husband again. And the way he has to do that in the first, with the first woman, which is Cersei, the witch, 
is he has to be completely vulnerable. And so unless we're like... Well, I'm going to go so back that to my, is reading, my pseudo reading. Yeah. So if you were reading this card for me, then what were your, what are you saying to me? Mom, you're yeah. going to, to be, very... be ready to receive that someone is going to enter your life that is going to make um, an intimate connection mm -hmm. to you. And so you are going to share vulnerabilities, right? Yes. Right. But and you now, might also... You might also have sex, you but might have hey, sex. <laughs> might rub your wrinkles together. But, but now listen, let me just explain to you something that there is intimacy in all stages of life. Um, and of it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be, you know, a sex. It could be many other uh, components to having a connection with someone. But I don't mean this is an intellectual connection and we're going to sit down and, you know, no. be in a book club. I mean, you're going to be intimate. There's no bigger intimacy than someone who understands your mind. Yes. That, because, yeah, I mean, and it really is. I'm like... And can still hug you. Yeah. and, and I know your dark, you dirty thoughts. need the hugs. Let me give you a hug. No, but people do. Um, everybody should hug each other a lot more. That's proven science. So if I was reading these cards for Desiree, I would say to her, Desiree, be ready. Be ready to receive because there is something really good coming your way that's going to allow you to be able to rest in it. Because what we haven't talked about oh. is that this is a card of rest. So if I get this card, I was just thinking about this. If I get this card in a reading, do I also say to myself, hey, you know, be like Shakti. Go sit with yourself. Absolutely. Go perfect yourself. As be we're talking about self-perfection. Yes. So that your vibrations just make you an irresistible person. So if you would like to get the lover's card in a reading, your prescription is... And rub your wrinkles? No. <laughs> know thyself. Sit with yourself. Love yourself. Understand what makes you feel good and want to be in love. Now, I want to just point out this card because it's different than all the other cards. And this is the Spellcaster's Tarot. This a card, if you notice, it has the two individuals coming together, but they're cloaked. Mm. So they're totally cloaked, which means they know nothing about each other. And so what this card resonates to me, because it almost looks like they are in a, um, uh, a hand-tying, a knot-tying ceremony. Oh, yeah, we did that. See that? And so it's yeah, like these two people have come together. And they have made a commitment oh, and look, to take this further, even though they're, uh, how I read that card is that they have made a commitment to find out all they can about each other. And what's nice is that they don't have to do that for anyone else. To the rest of the world, they can be their sun sign, you know, cover the they ego if that's what you need to yeah. be. But it's to each other. The, and when you were talking about all that hard work you went through and all this, why is it so significant that the lover is the person who brings you rest? Well, because that's what love should be, right? You oh, should be beautiful. with that person who you can just be yourself with. And yes. you can just be who you are and they yes. love you and they yes. can't, you know. So if you get that card in a reading, that person that you can be yourself with and they're rest, around. They're, they're coming. They're, they're, coming. they're, they're on their so way. be your sparkly best self by not flirting and not throwing yourself at them. 
but loving yourself first so much that you're irresistible. Right. <laughs> and if this card comes out reverse, then there's something that you need to look at in yourself. Right. It's yourself. Though. Why isn't it working out? Why did it miss you? Why are you missing it? Were you ready for it? Are you in denial about something? So these, this is the lovers. I really enjoyed those stories. I think they were right on because how does it end, Desiree? Well, it ends not only do they get married and live happily ever after, but if, if you recall from the story, Shiva, very angry at um, Kama for putting an arrow in his heart, he removes his third eye blinder that he had on and incinerates Kama. But the good news is, is that the very first reincarnation of the god and the goddess and Shiva and Shakti is the reincarnated form of Kama. So we all get love, lust, so and desire back in our lives. So there's a healing <laughs> and there's yes. a return to beauty and grace. Yay! All right, listeners, that's all we have for the lovers today. Don't forget to join us next week for the chariot. Remember that the conversation portion will be dropping off in the chariot in all future episodes. But if you do still want to hear those conversations, you can go over to our Patreon and become a member for $5 a month. And you will get access to all of our bonus material, including the conversations. And the link to that is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. If you love this episode, think about leaving us a five-star review. Until next time, this has been Tarot Stories with Marilia and Desiree.